0: health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 136 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm chatting with Daisy Gillespie, who you may know from Instagram as Mindful Closet. And Daisy is all about dressing your body, your here and now body, in a way that's comfortable and serves you. So I'm so excited to have her on. This is something that I haven't dove too deeply into on the podcast, but I know so many people on this intuitive eating food and body peace healing journey, um, you know, have concerns around clothes and getting rid of old clothes and getting new clothes for your current body. So, um, there's so much talk about related to this and Daisy and I, I think do a good job of kind of diving in in our time together. So without further ado, let's go ahead and listen to my conversation with Daisy. All right, Daisy, well, welcome. We are all set to go here. I would love for you to start by just introducing yourself and a little bit about the work you do.
1: Sure, yeah, so my name is Daisy and I own a business called Mindful Closet. Um, The work that I do is really, it has really evolved since I started the business and right now um, it's come to a place where I'm really focused on helping women kind of release the rules that they've been taught about what they should wear. Kind of all those societal expectations that a lot of them have to do with body shape and size, um, kind of examining those and looking at them and and letting them go when we can. Um, And so that they can kind of discover what it is that they really wanna be wearing and feel more empowered and like more like themselves when they show up.
0: I love that. And can you share a little bit about like how you got into this work?
1: Sure. Yeah. So we could talk the whole time about the, <laughs> the transition because I was a classical musician before. Wow. Um, yeah. So, but I've always loved fashion. I've always loved clothes. And I always felt like it was something that people kind of came to me for help with. So I was always happy to help and then honestly went through kind of a, a career not crisis but i was really burnt out and wanted to make a shift and you know i was talking to my therapist at the time and she was like what have you always wanted to do and it was always clothes and fashion and so i did a bunch of research started a blog started a business um and that's how it kind of started in the beginning but in the beginning i was really focused on minimalism a little bit more Mm. um and what happened was that every single woman that i talked to could never get anything close to minimalist because she had so many hang-ups about her body that wouldn't allow her to let go of clothes or allow her to buy the things she needed so when i kept seeing that over and over and over again i was like this is a bigger problem here and i kind of did some research and found intuitive eating and health at every size and on in that way kind of learned about these philosophies and Turns out a few years later it was helpful because then I went through a body transition of my own Mm -hmm. um, and did some intuitive uh, intuitive eating work with a coach and kind of was able to live through that process that a lot of my clients go through.
0: Wow, that is so cool. So many of the folks that I've had on the podcast—I was—I was telling you I've been doing a lot more solo episodes recently. But when I have had folks, it's you know very often like dietitians or health professionals. So it's just like so cool to hear your journey to this work, and I just feel like the work that you're doing is so important and like so relevant to you know what my clients are going through. So I'm glad you're here. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting because. I'll- a lot of times people have a personal experience with, you know, food or movement or dieting and that that causes them to find this movement. And for me, again, it was through hearing it from other women and doing some exploring. But then I really got to apply it personally as well.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's so powerful. I feel like, you know, when you have your own lived experience with it. so. Uh, and and it's like kind of hard to not right for for most folks, especially with clothing, right? And and just like body image stuff, like most most folks are affected in some way. Yeah, so I'm just thinking about like the clients that I work with and like their struggles with clothing and fashion, especially the ones that really feel like that's a value for them. Um, and I feel like things that come up a lot are like, you know, the people that they see, whatever in clothes like in magazines on on social media whatever are very much like embodying the thin ideal and they're seeing clothes represented on smaller bodies and then another thing that i see pop up a lot is kind of a scarcity mindset as their body is changing potentially of like oh my gosh am i going to like size out of like being able to wear these clothes so i know those were kind of two separate things but can you speak to any of that
1: yeah well i think first of all it's important to acknowledge that both of those are really real fears, right? I mean, we can't say, oh, it's all going to be fine. Brands are doing more extended sizing now and and don't worry. Like that's and I think that helps to acknowledge, to, you know, for your clients. Like, I understand that, like that's a fear and that's a grief like that you kind of have to work through, um, that you may not be able to wear some of the clothes that you have in the past. I mean, I think that's a really real thing. And then, of course, the thin ideal being everywhere is also just so in our faces all the time. So first I think is acknowledging those things. Um, And then we do what we can, right? So of course there's curating your Instagram feed, you know, making sure that you are actively following people in a variety of bodies, Um, you know, and I think a part of that is exploring your personal style as well. Um, So we can come back to that, but that's really important. And then, Although there's a very real limit to uh, extended sizing, there are luckily in a lot of the ranges, a lot more options than there have been in the past. Um, and so I, again, I don't wanna say that it's gonna be this way for everyone. It's not gonna be easy for everyone, but there are a lot of options out there and you're not going to, for most of us, not going to you know, be stuck with no options.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I definitely do hear that from a lot of folks. Um, yeah, that have been in larger bodies for, you know, the last couple decades, last few decades, like it definitely is, we're in a different place than we, we were a few decades ago. Um, so yeah, okay, so I, one of the things I want to talk about uh, is this idea as well of like, trying to wear clothes to be flattering. And I don't know, I hear this come up folks a lot. And they're always kind of like, wait, is that a bad concept? Like, is it not like, but it's like so ingrained. So I'd love to hear you just kind of like speak to that and how that kind of fits into everything.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious on your professional take on the word as well. And, you know, words can have different meanings, but, but in the way that I've thought through it is that in general, when we say something is flattering, we say that because it makes us look as small as possible. And in that sense, we are saying that smaller is better. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the thing that's flattering makes us look smaller. Um and so in my, you know, thinking through the word, then that really puts it in an anti fat or anti, you know, mm-hmm. um, a fat phobic kind of meaning. Not everyone thinks that. Some people think like, oh, it just means the color looks good on you or or whatever. So you can kind of everyone can kind of choose. But the problem is that we're all kind of roped into thinking that we can only, you know, achieve Personal style or clothes we like, you know, when something is flattering. Mm-hmm. And what I find is that often when we're trying to follow the rules about what supposedly looks best on our body, we don't take into account our own preferences and likes and dislikes and comfort level and mm-hmm. all of those things. And so in my book, and when I work with clients, we put their aesthetic preferences above flattering. We put their comfort preferences above that. We put their lifestyle needs. You know, all those things are more important to me than trying to create an optical illusion. Um, So yeah, I'm curious curious what you think too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I fully agree in terms of like, I think in terms of our conditioning and the messaging of the word flattering, like, uh, yeah, I think that's been the connotation is like, oh, it makes you look smaller and like wear this kind of silhouette for your body. So it kind of tricks you to look more like the ideal and whatever. So I fully agree with that. But I also agree with what you're saying of like, it's really comes down to the person's intention, who's, you know, talking about it and, and like, you can kind of reclaim that term in a different meaning for yourself if you want but but yeah i think kind of at its core it's it's definitely problem problematic
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: so i guess like with this idea of personal style because this is like very very new to me <laughs> um what are like a few idea, a few like pieces of this and i feel like you mentioned them as you were just talking like a few pieces that people can consider when trying to consider their own personal style
1: Sure. Yeah, I think before people like jump in to being like, this is my style. I think there are a lot of kind of processing steps to go through before you get there. One is, and and these are all things that I do with people usually in our first session, it's like, what we're all let's let's name all the messages you've been given about what you should wear and what you shouldn't wear. And what that means for you and your body and, and all those things. And so I, you know, I think awareness is the first step, you know, people say that and like, just knowing like, oh, I've been thinking, it doesn't even necessarily have to be around size or shape, but like, oh, I thought I always had to hang these two items together in my closet and they're an outfit and I can never wear them with either thing, anything else, because that's what my mom always did. You know what I mean? Like we just get these messages from our mothers, the magazines we read growing up and now from social media. So I think first is acknowledging those and trying to really kind of, Uncover those and see what they are. Um, there's another piece of it that's like your style story. Like, how has your style evolved over your life? Like, what did you love when you were a little kid? Like, let's go back and think about that. Often, often people, I, we often reconnect with that, and that becomes part of the inspiration um, for their that. current style. Yeah. Um, and then there are the practical um, think considerations like, yeah, what's your lifestyle? You know, how, you know, what type of clothing works best for you and your life and your climate and all those things. Um, But then the big step is really gathering inspiration. So for me, that is, um, and I'm a visual person, but I think it's, I think it's pretty important for for everyone, even if you're not a, a visual learner, but just gathering inspiration and making sure that you don't censor yourself based on what you think you're allowed to wear. So when I say gathering inspiration, I mean going to Pinterest or looking at store websites or you know Instagram influencers that you like their style and pulling it all together, you know, usually on a Pinterest board, to see kind of what are the things I'm drawn to. But again, the important thing is not to rule things out mm-hmm. because we all do this. We say, well, I love how that looks, but I could never pull that off, or I love that, that's so cute, but I, where would I wear that? Mm-hmm. You know, and we just kind of rule out all these things without allowing ourselves permission to explore them. So that's kind of a really important piece of it, too.
0: I really like that idea. And I like how you're just saying, right, that like that, the processing step coming first is so important to kind of like illuminate all of these messages and these beliefs that you yeah may not have ever considered that you had. Um, Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so something as well that comes up for, you know, a lot of clients I work with around clothes is, you know, having a hard time letting themselves buy new clothes for their current body.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so I'm, I am guess I'm curious about, like, yeah, your thoughts around the process of buying clothes for a changing body, a healing body.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that you said that, a healing body. Yeah, I mean, it is really hard. And. Again, I think starting with that awareness that we were just talking about is helpful because one thing um, that I'm sure you talk about all the time is we, one of those messages we've gotten since birth is that once we hit adulthood, our bodies shouldn't change. You know what I mean? And that is so ingrained in so many of us. We all feel like we're supposed to have the body we had in high school or in college. Um, and so we talk a lot about the fact that like it's biologically normal for women's bodies to change throughout their life. Um, it's it's actually rare, more rare for people's bodies to not change um, and to kind of try to give ourselves the same compassion that we would give another family member specifically with moms I'll remind them your children's bodies are growing and changing all the time and you don't deny them new clothes Mm -hmm. so why are you doing it to yourself and then I think the other big big piece and sometimes it's just a hurdle to jump over and once you get there I always want people to know that it makes such a huge difference in your in your daily being to have clothes that fit. I mean, none of us can think of anything worse than like sitting in pants that are too tight, you know, or like putting on things that we feel uncomfortable in both physically and just kind of mentally uncomfortable in. And so really, if we can jump over that hurdle to get even just a couple of things that fit, I think having that experience is so important. Um, I have been coming to this thought lately that that's a way of signaling to your body that your body is okay. Like to, you know, to give yourself, your body, this this physical indication that like, we're accepting, I'm accepting you and you're safe Mm -hmm. and I will treat you well and I will dress you in things that I like the look of. Um, and I won't deny you kind of this basic human need anymore.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah, and I always talk about that kind of in terms of an act of body respect, right? And like, even when we can't get, we can't completely eradicate, right, the the negative body thoughts, and maybe they're actually still very loud, but to make that choice to say, but I'm still gonna make, I'm gonna like put one foot in front of the other, and I'm gonna get, a couple of items that serve and support my current here and now body like that is a powerful action that kind of ends up playing into how you feel about your body because you're choosing to treat it in a way that as if it you know as if it deserves respect so it be kind of becomes a self-fulfilling thing i think
1: yeah i, I completely agree and I, and i've seen that experience happen so many times for people
0: yes love that okay so let's uh, wrap up here with with one more question. I feel like we could talk about so many things related to this, but anxiety with shopping. I have talked mm. to some clients that literally the idea of going clothes shopping is just like crippling to them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And it that is preventing them from doing it. So mm-hmm. um yeah, tips around that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean there are you know, I definitely have tips for going into stores to shop. One is to do a little research ahead of time, figure out kind of what their size range is. Um, Another is to go at an off time, like take a morning off work if you can, go at 10 a.m. when the store's open and when people are more able to help you. Um, You know, going with a specific list of what you need in mind is really helpful so you don't get overwhelmed looking at all the options, take water, take snacks, all of that stuff in person. However, I'm really in favor these days of doing everything online because you can really just um, curate the experience for yourself so much more easily. There's so much more you can control about your environment when you're at home. Um, And so some of my tips for shopping online are to have your measurements, Mm -hmm. try and use the size charts on the websites, Um, always order more than one size because you don't wanna get stuck with just one size that doesn't fit. and just know that you're gonna be returning things and that's okay.
0: I like that, right? Going into it with that expectation of like, yeah, this is not all gonna work for me and that's okay, right? Like Yeah, exactly. It it should all fit my body. And if it doesn't, then my body's the problem, right? There's a really quick leap there, I think.
1: Exactly, yeah. And I always try and set this expectation with with my clients and with anyone that I talk to that in my like nine years of doing this, the average rate of keeping things when you try things on is one out of 10 like so this is for every woman i've worked with of every size Mm -hmm. and so if you again adjust your expectations don't expect you're going to order 10 things and they're all going to work or if they don't it's your body's fault no that's just across the board normal and it's again another thing we could go into you know a very long conversation about but it's the way the fashion industry is set up and the way sizing is set up and it is not your fault you just have to try a lot of things before you find the thing that works
0: Yeah. Oh, I think that's an important, important reframe for people. Do you, I mean, I'm certainly thinking about some of the clients I've worked with and I would definitely recommend this for some folks, but I'm curious in your experience, like you mentioned like having your measurements and like, I just know, depending on where people are on the spectrum, like disorder, eating eating disorder, like that might really freak people out. Like, I don't know. Are there clients that you've had that you were like, yeah, just don't do that.
1: Well, I mean, you know, not to toot my own home, but one of the benefits of working with me is I'm gonna get your measurements from you and then I'm gonna do the shopping for you. So at least the first time you don't have to deal with that as much. And then I always try and, you know, again, this is not an easy thing, but I try to help people reframe the number on the measuring tape as morally neutral. It's just a number, it's a tool that we use Mm -hmm. to help find clothes that you're gonna love, Mm -hmm. right? And so, Yeah, I, to be honest, I know it's been a little painful for some of my clients and, you know, often we'll do it during a session. um, I mean, I do everything remote these days, but um, I'll do it through a remote session so I can kind of just be a support and, you know, handhold them through the process. But no one has been able, no one has not been able to do it yet.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, yeah, like you said, there's there's processing that needs to happen with the meaning that people are giving to those numbers, too. And ultimately, too, like you said earlier, that's kind of sticking with me, like it's kind of this this hurdle to get over, and then you're going to have this end result of having clothes that feel really good on your body, and that just like has endless benefits. So it's like this triggering thing to like open things up, but then we're going to get a really good
1: outcome from it. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely still hard, though. Yeah
0: yes well thank you so much Daisy. this has been amazing i would love for you to share you mentioned a book like share where people can find you just like what resources you have um yeah
1: yeah absolutely so my website is mindfulcloset.com um i work with people one-on-one and i also do group programs a few times a year so that program is called making space um Mm -hmm. and that's at mindfulcloset.com Slash making hyphen space. Um, and then I'm on Instagram, um, at mindful closet. So I'd love it if people came and said hi.
0: Oh my gosh, amazing. Well, thank you again so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Kirsten. Yeah. All right, guys, that is a wrap on today's episode with Daisy. Don't forget to go follow her on Instagram at Mindful Closet, And if you've been getting a lot out of this podcast, I would love for you to take a moment to leave a rating or review over on iTunes. It helps podcasts get out to more people and hopefully spreads the intuitive eating word, the anti-diet culture word, uh, a little bit further. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. I will be back next week with another episode.